hate that at school. Good to know. Anyways, just kidding. Um, well, good morning, church, and welcome to the final week of our 2022 vision series that we've been calling Deeper. And going forward, we're, we're going to be moving on past the series a little bit, and we're going to, next week we have a special guest coming in, uh, a missionary who works specifically in Eastern Europe. Um, he's going to be coming in and telling us a little bit about what God's doing over there. Uh, and, and going into the summer, we've got some excited things planned. But, but as we wrap up this series, uh, I believe God has put a word on my heart about the conditions of our hearts. You know, this series, our hope, over this series, our hope has been that you have been moving deeper, that God has been doing a new thing in your heart, that he's been renewing your mind, that he's breaking off uh, pain and disappointment and doubt and all of these things that try to keep us in the shallows. That, and our hope has been really that you've been starting to move from the shallows where you just believe in God for salvation and going into the deep where you can receive what God has for you. And you know, we started this series with this illustration of water. And if we could throw up this image, this illustration of the shore versus the shallows versus the deep. And the shore was really, an, it's a description of the world. It's people who are not in the kingdom of God, people who don't believe in Jesus. Some people on the shore, they believe in other gods. Some people on the shore don't believe in any god. Some people on the shore are like, oh, water doesn't exist because they're just so far removed from it. And some people on the shore are close. Their, their toes are almost in the water, but they haven't made that decision. And then we contrasted this idea of the shore with the deep, which is where God wants to get each and every one of us. Place where we are surrendered to him, where he's in control of our lives, where we say, Jesus, I don't care where you're leading me, I will follow. It's a place of trust. But we talked about how most Christians... We like to live right in this in-between area, in the shallows, where, you know, we're around what's getting other people wet, we're, we're around the water, we're in the water, we're saved because we believe in Jesus, but we aren't surrendered to him. Shallows is where you're in control. You believe in Jesus, but you're in control. Your feet are firmly planted on the ground, your head's above water, you got, you got it all going for you. And just talking about this idea of how Jesus is calling us deeper. And I don't know what that looks like for you, but I believe that Jesus is calling each and every one of us deeper. Deeper in faith. Deeper in trust. Deeper in just saying, God, I, I trust you. I surrender to you no matter what. And through this series, we've really, we've he heard testimonies of people going deeper, how God has been working in people's lives and just been blessing people abundantly. We've heard stories uh, of how God has been calling people to, to give uncomfortable amounts of money, how God has been calling people to talk to strangers about him, how God has been calling, and how people have been obedient in the season. And see, the, the beauty of the deep is that I believe that when we go into the deep and we stay in the deep, that that is a place where God is providing for us, where he's blessing us. See, there's things that God wants to do in your life that, that he can't achieve outside of the deep because if you're holding on to control, everything he wants to do within you can't happen. And I believe that as we go deeper, that God wants to bring you into a place of healing and restoration and a place of blessing. And that's not to say that bad things won't happen, but that God will be providing for you no matter what. 
You see, in Scripture, there's this principle that's kind of scattered throughout. It's known as the principle of sowing and reaping. And if you're not a farmer, you might not know what these two terms mean, but really it's an agricultural term that means the principle of scattering seed and harvesting the crop that grows. And in Scripture, we find two key principles surrounding this concept of sowing and reaping. First one is, is this. You will reap what you sow. Galatians 6, 7 and 8 tells us, or says it this way. You reap whatever you sow. If you sow to your own flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. And really, the principle is, if you sow bad seed in your garden, you're going to grow bad crops. You sow anger, you're going to reap anger. You sow hatred, you're going to reap hatred. You sow greed, you're going to reap greed. If you sow only dandelions in your garden plot at home, you can't complain when no carrots come up. Ugh, stupid dandelions. Why are there only dandelions? You sowed them. You will reap whatever you sow. So if you sow good things, then you'll reap a good harvest. And the second principle of sowing and reaping is that the quantity you reap depends on the quantity you sow. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 5, the point is this, the one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So if you sow just a few seeds, you'll get a small harvest. If you sow a lot of seeds, you'll get big harvest. Again, sow a lot of hatred, you're going to get a lot of hatred back, especially if you sow it online. Sow a lot of dandelions, you'll get a lot of dandelions. But if you sow a lot of carrots, you get a lot of carrots. And it's this interesting principle, and it might seem really simple, and that's because it is. Because the principle essentially is that the choices you make will affect your life. And so if we want to receive that all, all that God has for us in the deep, if we want to, to, to get where, where God is calling us to trust God and receive the blessing that he has for us, we have to learn to sow good seeds. But you know, getting a good harvest isn't just dependent on having good seed. There's a few other principles at play with having a good harvest. Like once you sow a seed, you can't go back daily and dig it up and be like, oh, it didn't grow at all. Well, yeah, because you're killing it. So you have to leave it. But you can't just leave it and abandon it. You have to care for it. You have to provide it with water. You have to nurture it. You have to pull any weeds. You have to do the work that's necessary to keep it from getting destroyed, especially if you have a dog like mine. And so, really, having a good harvest is dependent on planting good seed, Maintaining the seed. But something that I learned recently was, is that it's also dependent on the quality of the soil that you sow it into. So recently, my uh, wife and I, we decided to put in a garden at our house. And God blessed us with a house about two years ago. And it has this yard and a bit of a slope in the backyard. So we, when we moved in, I had this vision of, okay, I want to put a retaining wall. And then we'll pl pl fill it with dirt. And we'll have a garden. And Especially with the prices of food nowadays, it's nice to have free lettuce. Well, cheap lettuce, you know, things like that. And so we put in this garden, and actually, if you can throw up the next picture. And so we built this retaining wall, and that's my dog. 
he kills everything. <laughs> when we did some like ornamental decorative planting in our house, we had to Google, will this plant kill a dog? Because he would eat it. That's why there's a fence. And if there's any fencing professionals here, don't look too closely. I, uh, the reason every post is kind of slanted, it's intentional. <laughs> Has nothing to do with the fact that I'm DIYer and it was completely by design. But, but <laughs> we put in this garden, we put in these retaining wall stones, we built this fence to keep our dog out. And then the last step was filling it with soil. And so, silly me, I just was like, oh, well, I'll go to a landscaping place and I'll just buy whatever's cheapest, right? Like, soil is soil, right? It's all the same. And then I showed up at this landscaping place and found that they have like 50 different kinds of soil, each of which is better for different kinds of things, and that there's different things within each type of soil that affect the quality of the growth. Like, did you know that the pH level, I know, grade 10 science again, pH level of your soil will determine how well your plants grow. I have no idea how they measure that. I have, I have no idea. But apparently it affects it. Calcium level, more calcium, they'll grow stronger roots. Again, don't know how you measure the calcium in a soil. Um, I learned that your soil is supposed to be soft, but gritty in order for plants to grow well. And I don't understand what that means, because how can something be soft and gritty? I, I don't get it. And what I really learned is there's some key big types of soil. You have black soil, you have black topsoil, you have garden soil, and then there's all kinds of other types of soil. And, and really, I went into this place like, oh, I'm going to buy dirt. And I walked out being like, okay, what's cheapest? And <laughs> things are growing, so we did something right, but it was just overwhelming. And, but the point is, the point of all that is that the soil you sow seed into plays a major role in the successful growth of the plant. You need to plant good seed, you need to maintain it, but you also need to plant it into good soil. So in this final part of our deeper series, I want to talk to you about the soil of the deep. The soil of the deep, and really to start exploring this idea, or start considering what kind of soil am I? What kind of soil am I? Am I soil that will receive and promote the growth of what God is trying to plant in me? Or am I soil that will prevent and kill what God is trying to put in me? What kind of soil am I? You see, the seed that God is trying to plant in each of us, we can plant different seeds in our own hearts, we can do different things, but the seed that God wants to plant in you is his kingdom. And his kingdom, it's really, he wants to put his principles in his heart, in your heart, his truths in your heart. He wants to show you who he is, who you are, what purpose you're on this earth for, what he's calling you to. He wants to lead you, to guide you, to bring you into, uh, into blessing and restoration and new life. So when we talk about the seed today, we're talking about the good things that God wants to do in you. And really, on a basic level, the kingdom of God is everywhere that God rules and reigns. Everything that submits to God's authority is his kingdom. He is in charge of everything, but not everything is part of his kingdom. It takes submission to be part of his kingdom. It takes a willingness to submit to his rule. And that's not a very popular concept in our society because we're like, ugh, why does God want control? Why should I let God do 
tell me what to do. And, and we have this kind of like negative attitude that's really this shallow faith mindset where we just want God for the benefits of salvation, but we don't care about what he actually wants to do within us. And really, the seed, why God wants to plant the seed in your heart is because he wants to do something new in your life. He wants to bring you into a place of blessing. He wants to do something good in your life. But if your soil is not capable of receiving. So the seed is the kingdom of God. But the soil, the soil is your heart. So if your soil is good, then the good seed will grow. But if your soil is bad, then the good seed will die. And so if you want to go deeper in faith and you want to receive everything that God has for you in his kingdom, we have to deal with our heart. We have to survey our soil. Matthew 13, find this parable that's, it's known as the parable of the sower. It's a story that Jesus tells. And, and really how it goes is, that there's this man who's out and he's sowing seed and he's scattering seed in his field and some seed falls on a path where it's eaten by birds and some falls amongst rocks where it grows quickly and then dies and some falls amongst thorns where it's choked out but some falls on good soil. And in this story, Jesus is really revealing to us four conditions of our heart. Four conditions of the heart that will either promote or prevent the growth of what God wants to do in us. And the first one he says is this, Matthew 13, verse 18, Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. So here we have good seed. It was supposed to be potatoes, but our cleaners threw them out. So it's coffee beans. I don't know if you can actually plant a coffee bean and have it grow something, but this is representative of the seed. This is the good seed that God wants to do in your life, what God is trying to sow in your heart. But here we have bad soil. Soil that is compressed. And so when God wants to do something in your heart, and God tries to plant something in your heart, the problem is your soil is so hard that the seed can't get down below the surface. And so God is trying to speak to you, and he's like, Darian, I've got something incredible for your life. You just have to trust me. You have to listen to me. And I'm like, okay, God, cool, that's great. And it falls on this hard soil, and the problem is it can't get deep enough. And so the enemy comes along, and he's like, oop, that's mine now. See, I believe that God is trying to speak to each and every one of us daily, all the time, like throughout our lives. And really the purpose of, of these kinds of messages is because we believe God has given us a seed that he wants us to sow into your hearts. But if you come with compressed soil, God might have a message that, that will change your life. But if your soil is compressed, it will just sit on the surface. The seeds will just sit on the surface. And then the second you walk out of this building, the enemy will be like, oh, that Instagram ad is way more important than forgiving your father. You don't need to worry about that. So the soil is compressed, and so the seed is stolen. The question is, what compresses our soil? I think there's really two things. First, 
yourself. And second, others. Seems really simplistic, but let me explain. How many of you have ever come to church and been like, oh, these worship songs are just, I don't like them. I wish they just sang the songs I grew up with as a kid. Not that there's anything wrong with the songs you grew up as a, with as a kid. I love the worship songs I grew up with too. But like, ugh, I can't hear, learn anything from this. And then out on stage comes the youth pastor and, oh, I guess God doesn't have anything for me here. I'm not saying anything about Spencer. Spencer's a much better preacher than I was as a youth. I just know when I was a youth pastor, I've had people come up and tell me after, since that whenever they saw me come up and preach, they're like, okay, I guess God's got nothing for me today. <laughs> don't worry, it doesn't affect me. I don't care. Um, <laughs> or it's like, oh, pastor's preaching about forgiveness. Oh, well, I feel good at that. I don't need to worry about that. And so, believe a lie about yourself. Oh, I don't need to deal with forgiveness. And God's like, well, you haven't talked to your father in 13 years because he said something to your wife 13 years ago and you think you're good at forgiveness? Maybe this is for you. But... Like, oh, I'm good. I'm perfect the way I am. Or, oh, I, I can't receive from that person. They're not prestigious enough. They don't have the nice title. So I can't receive. And so the soil gets compressed. And so this youth pastor preaching on forgiveness has a word that God wants to get into your life. But it gets scattered. And your soil, so compressed, just gets lost. But the second thing that happens that compresses our soil is the things, the lies that people tell us about God. You know, so many people grow up in churches and places that really emphasize God's judgment over his mercy. And so you grow up learning these things about who God is that tell you, oh, well, you have to follow a list of do's and don'ts because if you don't, you're going to go to hell. And, and it's like, oh, don't go to the movies because if Jesus comes back then you're not going to go to heaven. And oh, 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 don't eat that kind of meat. Because if you do, you're going straight to hell. And it just teaches us this lie of who God is. And the problem is when we believe a lie about who God is, then our hearts get hardened when he tries to reveal himself to us. And we're like, no, 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 that's not how I know you, God. You know, not too long ago, I was having a conversation with somebody who attends this church, and they were telling me, well, they were asking me about the gift of tongues, which is the spiritual gift that the Holy Spirit gives us where we can speak in heavenly languages and communicate with God. And, and they're asking me about this, and they're like, oh, well, when you speak in tongues, how do you know that you're not speaking in a demonic language? And I was like, okay, well, where is this coming from? Because there's always something beneath the thing that they're talking about. And, and they told me the story of how when they were younger, they, they had asked God for the gift of tongues, and he had given it to them. And they'd spoken in tongues. And then they went to their church and they told their friends, and they're like, I spoke in tongues, this is amazing. And one of their friends was like, well, gotta be careful that you don't speak in demonic languages. And suddenly, this gift that God had given them got crushed, and they went home and they asked God to take away the gift. And bad theology stole the seed. And you know, if you are wondering the answer to that question. At some point, we're going to do a series on, on the gifts of the Spirit. But if you're wondering the answer to that question, two things you should ask yourself. One, read Matthew 6. Is God a good father who gives good gifts to his children when they ask, or is he not? And two, is the devil more powerful than God? 
Because if God is a father who gives good gifts to his children, that means that if he gives you the gift of tongues, then it's a good gift. And the only way that devil can hijack it is if he, you either give him access or if he's more powerful than God. And I don't know about you, but my Bible says that Jesus defeated the devil. But, but the point is, when you compress your soil, either your, by your, what you believe about yourself or others, or about because of the lies that people have taught you about God, the seed that God wants to plant in your life, he can plant it, but it just kind of sits on the surface. And then it's easy for it to get stolen. It's the first kind of soil. Compressed soil, stolen seed. Second kind of soil is this, verse 20, Matthew 13, verse 20. As for what was sown on rocky grounds, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately withers away. So once again, same seed, same good seed, same thing God's trying to do in your heart, but here we have bad soil, and the problem isn't that the soil is compressed. There's lots of soil, the problem is that there's also all of these rocks in the soil. And so when God tries to get something in your heart and he tries to do something new in your life and he tries to plant this seed, because here's the thing, God doesn't uproot a full tree and then plant it in your garden. No, he plants a seed that has potential to grow. And he's trying to plant this seed in your life. He's trying to bless you. But the problem is the seed can't get deep enough. It can't get deep enough below the surface to actually get covered up. And it's competing with all of these stones that are in the way. And so the seed becomes susceptible. So the soil is crowded. The seed is susceptible. And then, over time, it can't root in. And it gets shriveled by the sun. You know, a common indicator of crowded soil is going through seasons where you're on fire for God. And then the next week you're like, yeah, is Jesus even real? And then you're on fire for God and God does something incredible in your life. But then somebody you respect, maybe a coworker, maybe your friend's like, ah, all that Jesus stuff, that's just, that's just BS. Just silly. And the seed that God has been planting in your life shrivels and dies. And I want to be clear about something. This crowded soil, the issue with the stones is not about the things that you're doing that are killing you. We'll get to that in a minute. But this crowded soil, this, these stones represent the doubt you have, the pain that you haven't dealt with, the people who you've put in a higher place than God, the people who you trust more than God. And so the second somebody calls it into question or something bad happens, the seed, everything God has been trying to do in you, it might have grown a little bit, but there's no room for it to root in and survive, and so it dies. See, these stones very often are pain. They're the soul care issues that we have to deal with. They're, they're the abuse that you endured in your first relationship that now... Ten years later, you don't know how to deal with. And every time you enter a relationship, you've, you're worried that they're going to abuse you. They might be the perfect person for you, but 
you never dealt with the pain. It's the grief that you faced at the loss of a loved one and you just bottled it down. And it's that whole American thing of, oh, I'm fine, I'm good, I don't need to deal with any of my problems. And you bottled it down. It's the fears that you have inside that, oh, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. I can't, I can't achieve what God's calling me to. And these stones, they take up room in our heart. And unless we do the hard work to get them out, they're going to prevent proper growth of what God has for you. So we have crowded soil and a susceptible seed. Compressed soil, soil compressed by lies, so the seed gets stolen. Crowded soil, soil that is defined by the pain that we haven't dealt with, by the doubts we have. So the seed is susceptible. And then this is the fun one. Third kind of soil. I believe it's verse 22. As for what was sown amongst thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but it's the cares of the world and the, well, and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. So once again, it's the same seed. Same thing God's trying to do in your heart. Same good things that God wants to plant in your life that will go and they'll bear fruit. But this time we have a soil, bad soil. And the problem isn't that the soil is compressed. The problem isn't that the soil is too crowded with stones and pain. The problem is that the soil is captive. And so God's trying to get something into your heart. He's trying to plant something in you, but there's no room for him to get down, and it's all thorny, and it's pokey, and he's trying to plant it in, but there's no room for the seed to grow. And even if the seed can sprout and grow, all these things are taking up the space it needs. You know, way, way back, a couple of years ago, I uh, watched a video about the growth of the forest in the Amazon and how you have these big trees that steal all of the sunlight and so the little ones underneath can't grow properly. And that's what happens with these weeds is they come in and the, the seeds try to grow but they get choked because they're competing with other things. And you know, what are the thorns? Well, the... So, sorry, we have... Captive soil, so the seed is strangled. And what are the thorns? Well, this is an instance that Jesus tells us very specifically. The desires of the world and the lure of wealth. These are the things that God is calling you to give to him. Trust me in this. Hand over control. Surrender to me. And these are the things, the, the lure of the shore that keep us back. Envy, the greed, the addiction, the lust. All these things that we're like, no, 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 God. I'll believe in you, but I'm also going to rely on my savings account. Believe in you, God, but don't ask me to give anything up. And so the seed... God wants to put in you. And the crazy thing with these thorns is they're not much to look at, right? But in the instant, we think, oh, yeah, this is great. This is all I need. I don't need anything else because I've got these thorns, and God's like, I've got a much better thing for you. 
But in order to get to the better, you're going to have to start to pluck out these thorns, start to deal with these things, start to remove them from your soil so that the seed can actually get planted. It really comes down to a question of your heart. Who rules your heart? Is it God or is it money? Is it God or is it yourself? Is it God or is it your friends? Is it God or is it your relationships? Is it God or is it food? Who rules your heart? Because if your soil is captive, the seed can get planted. But because it's competing, the seed will be strangled. And then the fourth kind of soil that we see the kind of soil that Jesus calls us all to be. Verse 23. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. And you know, what's crazy about this is that hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold, the normal harvest is about eight to ten. So there's abundance So once again, we have the same seed. It's a good seed. It's what God wants to plant in your heart. But here, we have soil that is good. We have capable soil. So God, when God wants to plant something in your heart, you're not in a position where your heart is so hardened that you can't receive. You're not in a position where there's so many stones that haven't been dealt with that are crowding out the soil. You're not in a position where the seed will get strangled, but this is actually a place where God can actually bless you, and he can actually do these things, and he can put his seed into your heart, and it can get down deep enough that it can get covered by dirt. It can't get stolen. It can't get ripped out. It can't get strangled. There's nothing else competing with it, so the seed can germinate. It can sprout, and it can grow, and eventually it will grow into a mighty tree that will bear good fruit. See, this is the soil that Jesus is calling all of us to have. This is the only soil that is capable of receiving what God has for you, and only in this soil will the seed be successful. You want to go deep? You want to receive all that God has for you? Well, that requires that we deal with this soil so that we can come to a place where we are actually capable of receiving what he has. So I believe God wants us to deal with this stuff. And maybe the reason that you've been struggling, you want to go deeper, but you've been struggling is because your soil is just not right. And so we have to deal with this stuff if we want to receive the depths of what God has for you. You know, so many, we call this parable, the, store, the parable of the sower, or the parable of the seed, but really this should be called the parable of the soil. Because the seed never changes. The sower never changes. God is con- trying to sow something into your heart that will grow within you and bless you, and bless others through you. The soil and the seed never changes. God's seed is always good. But we have to start to consider, is our soil captive? Is our soil crowded? Is our soil compressed? And has the seed been sabotaged by your soil? See, so many people, our our society kind of teaches us that whenever you have a problem, the easiest solution is just blame it on someone else. And so we think, oh, well, the seed isn't growing. Must be their fault. 
must be pastors not preaching well enough. They're not praying enough for me. It's like you've been in 18 relationships and each time it's his fault. There's one common denominator here. You've been to 10 churches and each time you leave in a huff, well, they didn't recognize my leadership abilities. Well, God was planting you somewhere for a reason. Maybe you don't need to lead in this season. See, maybe God is putting you into places where you can encounter people and grow in your faith and get into the purposes he has for you. But every time he puts you somewhere where you are meant to grow, every time he tries to plant something in your life that will grow and bless you, you sabotage it. And now you're left wondering, well, God, why does my life suck? Well, it's because you kill everything he tries to plant in you. And you're, no, I, I want to be clear. I'm, what I'm not saying is that some of us are just bad people. What I'm saying is that our heart matters. The condition of your heart matters, and it will affect what God can plant in you and what can grow in your life. See, Proverbs 4, verse 23, says this. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. You know, notice that verse doesn't say guard your wealth above all else. Doesn't say guard your savings account above all else. Doesn't say guard your lie, the lies you believed about yourself all above all else. It doesn't say guard your pain above all else. It says guard your heart. Guard your soil. And what that really means is deal with the things that are causing problems in your heart. Deal with the things that, that, that are causing your heart to be hardened, that are causing your heart to be crowded, that are causing your heart to be filled with weeds. Deal with these things so that you can actually receive what God has for you. For some of you, that might mean going to counseling because there's pain in your heart that can't be dealt with without actual help, without professional help. Some of you, that means going to soul care. Some of you, that means getting into community. Getting surrounded by people who can support you and pray for you and be there for you and help you as you deal with these heart issues. But most importantly, what it means is that we have to turn to God. Guard your heart. We have to fight the fight. We have to be willing to say, it doesn't matter who's speaking or what song's being played. It doesn't matter what pain I've dealt with. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deal with this stuff. I'm not going to let it rot. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the lure of the world might be. I am all here for God. We have to loosen our soil. To dig up the rocks. We have to do some weeding. Most importantly, we have to turn to God. See, God is the one who's sowing the seed, and it's only him who can truly give you freedom. You know, having an active relationship with God, being willing to actually endure the fight, and being in community with other believers who can support you, that is the easiest way to address these soil issues. But you have to be willing. And it's only when you deal with these things that you can actually truly get into the depths of what God has for you. I believe God's calling us all deeper. But it's possible that your soil, your heart, has been sabotaging what God has been calling you to. We're going to close here in a moment. But before we do, I want to give two opportunities for people this morning. And the first one is this. It's for those of you, those of us who want to go deeper. But God is showing you this morning that 
the reason you've been struggling and it's been up and down and there's all, been all of these bumps and, and, and it's not been easy, God's showing you that the reason is because you have all this heart problems. Your heart has been compressed by the lies you've believed about yourself and about others and about God. Your heart has been crowded by the pain of your past and the doubts and, and the opinions of others that have kept you from receiving all God wants to do in your life. Your heart is captive to, to things that are in the world that are killing what God wants to do within you. Or maybe you're struggling with multiple soil problems. Maybe it's one, maybe it's two, maybe, maybe it's all three. But you're here today and you're like, I want to go deeper. I want to be good soil. I want to receive what God has for me. The restoration and life and blessing that God has for me. I want to receive that. If that's you and you want to go deeper, but you see that there's a soil issue, I want to invite you to take a step of faith and to just stand with me in faith that God will set you free. So if you have a soil issue, I know it's awkward, but if you have a soil issue and God's speaking to you, and he's like, I want to bring you into the deep, but you got to deal with this stuff. I just want to invite you to stand with me. It's a step of faith. Come on, come on. It's Jesus. you're standing, I want to encourage you, if somebody else is standing nearby and both of you are comfortable, lay hands on one another. If you're sitting and somebody nearby is standing, I want to encourage you to lay hands on them because we are a community. God never meant for us to do faith alone. We are a community. And I want to pray for you all. Father God, I thank you that you are the good shepherd that you are the good sower, that you, everything you do in our lives is for our benefits. It's because you are trying to bring something good into our hearts, God. Lord, I pray that you will reveal to each and every one of us the areas of our life where our soil has been compressed, where our soil has been crowded, where our soil is captive, God, that you will reveal these things to us and bring them to light, God. And I pray specifically for these people who have taken the step of faith and stood in faith saying, God, I need your help. Father, I thank you that you never just call your children to something and then abandon them, but you're always there for us, providing for us. And so God, I pray over these people, Lord. Surround them with people who they can be in community with, who will support them and help them as they deal with this stuff. Help them, God, to have a new heart, creating them a clean heart, God. Replace the hard heart within them and replace it with something new, God. That we will all be people who can receive what you have for us, not, not partially, not for a season, but receive fully the blessing you have for us. God, I pray that as we go into this week, Lord, you will just be continually working in our heart. Dig up those weeds, dig up those rocks, uh, un help the soil get uncompressed, till it, God, so that we can receive what you have fully, God. Pray this in your name. Amen, 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 amen. If I can get everyone to stand with me right now. I just have one more thing I want to do as we wrap up this deeper series. You know, at the start of the message, we talked about 
the shore versus the shallows versus the deep. And that's been the whole drive of the message. But I don't want to end this series or end this message without giving people on the shore an opportunity to step into what God has for them. You know, if you're here, maybe you've been in church for a while, maybe this is your first time, but you've never made that decision to accept Jesus, to believe in Jesus, but you're standing there and you're just saying, Darian, I I want to. Maybe this heart stuff is stuff you have to deal with, but really you, you haven't made that first step of receiving what God wants to do in your heart, and you're saying, I want to. God's pulling on your heart. He's calling you, your ch- his child, he's calling you home. See, I believe that God has the power to change us, to transform us. That God has the power to take our brokenness and heal it. And the first step to receiving that is receiving Jesus. You know, God took me from being a liar. He took me from being a cheater. He took me from being somebody who was so focused on controlling every aspect of my life. He took me from being addicted to pornography and dealing with all of these different heart issues that were keeping me distanced from him. And he didn't make me perfect, but I'm progressing. And it's because I allowed him to work in my life. So if you're here and you've never made that decision to receive Jesus, if I can just get everyone to close your eyes and bow your head, This is a moment just between you and God, nobody looking around. But if you want to believe in Jesus and make that decision, in a moment I'm gonna count to three and all I want you to do is to slip up your hand and then put it right back down. One, God loves you more than you could ever know. There's nothing you've ever done that could distance you from his love. Two, your life will never be the same. Three, if you want to believe in Jesus and give your heart to Jesus, just slip up your hand and put it right back down. Come on. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Hands going up across the room. Yes, Jesus. Come on. Come on. Come on. All right. If I can get everyone to open your eyes now. Those of you who just made that decision, saw about six hands go up. We've already had 40 people give their lives to Jesus this year so far. But the beautiful thing is that when you make that decision, God brings you into a family. You don't have to do life alone. You're a part of a family now. And God is so excited that you decided to step out in faith and to trust him and to receive him. And what I wanted to do just as we close right now is I want us to pray a prayer It's known as the sinner's prayer, but it's just a prayer of declaration of who God is and what we believe about him. And at Gateway, we we don't believe in praying alone. So if I can get everyone who made that decision this morning and everyone who is here who believes in Jesus to pray this prayer with me for the benefit of those coming to Christ, you can throw it up on the screen. Say, God, thank you that while I was still broken and messed up, you sent Jesus to die for me. Today, I'm asking you to be my Lord and Savior. I believe you lived, you died, and you rose again with all power to set me free. Today, I am choosing to trust you and follow you. 
change me, renew me, transform me. I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's celebrate what God is doing in this place, in this church. Come on.